welcome to the No More Late Fees podcast. I'm Jackie. And I'm Danielle, and we're just two best friends and ex-Blockbuster employees re-watching some of the best and worst movies from the late 90s and early 2000s. This week, we are talking about the 1997 sci-fi horror film Cube with, of course, one of our besties, Sam. Welcome, Sam. Hello. <laughs> Third time's a charm. If you want to get to know Sam a little bit better, pause and go check out his trailer and go check out his other episodes. He has done 13 Ghosts with us and what's Mummy the other returns. one? The Mummy Returns. The Mummy Returns. How could I forget that? <laughs> but before we dive in, let's get into some housekeeping. <laughs> if you love the podcast and want to support us, here's a few ways that you can. Did you know? I bet you did, because we tell you every day, every week. Writing a review and/or rating us helps us get more. Helps us get more. Ugh, helps us get more listeners. So if you want to be featured and help us grow, head to your favorite podcasting platform and leave us a review. And make sure you hit the subscribe button when you get there to make sure that you are getting alerts when our new episodes are live. And. Guess what? We have an Amazon store. We have affiliate links for a bunch of super awesome stuff on Amazon, things we've personally purchased and love and want to share with our listeners. So if you head on over to our bio links and click on our Amazon storefront, check out our items. We have stuff for going to Disney, stuff for camping, office and supplies a brand new halloween inspiration i know we are in spooky season so if you're looking for 90s 2000s inspired halloween costumes we have put some suggestions together to help <laughs> along with that process so you definitely should check that out so danielle what is cute mm. about well it's a lot <laughs> i'm just glad we're back to doing a movie it's yes. been so long thanks for everyone sticking in with us with our fun 90s 2000s content but yeah cube it's canadian so we're staying within the strike parameters yeah it's from 1997 and the premise is without remembering how they got there several strangers awaken in a prison of cubic cells some of them booby trapped there's one-time cop quentin dr holloway Young math genius Levin, master of escapes, Ren, 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 master of escapes Ren, autistic savant Kazan, and architect Worth, who might have more information on the maze than he lets on. The prisoners must use their combined skills if they are to ex if they are to escape. Starring Nicole DeBauer. Nikki Guadagini, hope that's right, David Hewlett, Andrew Miller, Julian Richings, Wayne Robson, and Morris Dean Wint. Canadian. <laughs> the movie was directed by Vincenzo Natali and was written by Andre Bijelic, Graham Manson, and Vincenzo Natali. 
You can currently watch it on YouTube. There are other places you can watch it, but this is the safest thing that I can promote right now during the strikes. But before we start, let's get into our ratings rewind. So you know the drill. Before we get into the movie, we'll reveal the rating our Y2K versions of ourselves we give. Then at the end, we'll see if our current selves agree with our initial rating. Our scale consists of would buy it, would buy it again. The best would plan repeat. Five day rental. Would watch again. Two day rental. Eh, okay, but nothing to write home about. And same day rental. Straight up trash, garbage, throw it outside the cube into the nothingness and die. <laughs> R.I.P. Holloway. <laughs> Sam, what is your Y2K rating of cube? I think my Y2K rating would have been a five day rental. I think the uh, 2000s me would have been like, yeah, this movie is cool. <laughs> Danielle never saw it this was my first time it wasn't too scary no it was more of a psychological thriller with yeah. some some Gore. killings yeah yeah and I this is a wood buy I loved this movie as YK, Y2K Jackie and I I'm pretty sure I owned it on DVD nice I remember seeing the cover, but I think I confused it. There's another movie called The Box or something, right? There um, is a movie called The Box, and there's also, I was kind of confused with The Cell. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of squares happening. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so the budget, this is a truly indie movie. The budget was $350,000 in Canadian money. I don't know what that is. C-A-D? What? I don't Canadian know. Canadian dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And the movie ended up making $8.9 million worldwide, which is a very good payback for less than half a million dollars Yeah, um, for the budget. It is native. It, in its native yeah, in its native Canada, the movie was actually given bad distribution and little marketing by its distribution distributor, Cineplex Odeon Films, which resulted in the movie being a box office flop in Canada. However, later the movie actually became a box office hit in France. But because the movie's Canadian producers had earlier sold the French film rights for a small flat fee. They never got to share any of the massive French box office revenue. Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> Damn. Well, well, part of the reason why the budge was so low was because the effects company Core, C-O-R-E, wanted to show their support for the Toronto film industry. So they did all of the digital effects for free. Damn. Well, that's Just, definitely going to keep the budget low. Yeah. yeah okay. Not that there was a lot of special effects that was wow on a bit person, but, you know, it wasn't horrible. I've seen worse. I mean, that first one where the man gets cubed up by the wires. Yeah. I really liked it. It, it was very reminiscent of 13 Ghosts where the guy gets sliced in half by the door. <laughs> and Resident Evil. Yes. It looked like a cake. 
right? Slice so, perfectly. Funfetti bald man cake. <laughs> <laughs> the entire cast were pretty much unknown Canadian actors. So they've all gotten on to do bigger and better things. But yeah, it it's definitely an indie darling for sure. And the because it made so much money, it, it spawned a sequel and a prequel. So there's to that, which Sam is a fan of the sequel, correct? Or yeah. is it the prequel? No, it's the sequel. Mm-hmm. I, I got this movie confused with the sequel. You didn't have to explain it again. I just was <laughs> saying you're a fan. I'm not... Yeah. We'll, we'll no, get I'm, to, I'm to it. We'll get to Hypercube one day, and <laughs> you will definitely be our guest for that. Before we get into it, because it, it it's literally set in one room, the entire thing. Like they pretend like they're going from cube to cube to cube, but really, it the set was literally just one cube. And the way they shot it was they shot all of the red cube scenes. And then all of the blue cube scenes. And so, and that was done really low budget. They just changed the gel panels that you see. And so I thought that was kind of cool. The shooting schedule for this was 20 days, which is super quick. And I'm sure that the cast, after being pretty much confined to this one cube for 20 days with people you don't really know that well, was probably a huge undertaking once they were getting to the end so i thought that was really neat how they did that almost like I saw do, where everything was kind of like in one room a lot of people say that this is like the spiritual precursor to saw like or yeah could have potentially inspired saw because mm-hmm. of that element i i want to say that like the acting progressively got better but there <laughs> were some moments where I was just like, what in the, this is a yaller. They sounded like they were in high school doing a play at some point. Yeah. Like the, the delivery on some of these things, I was just like. This is, I feel I like, down, put me in coach. They, it felt like they went to the William Shatner school <laughs> of overacting at some points. <laughs> Where it was just like the emphasis was on every word. And I'm like, oh, what is happening here? <laughs> I there's I have I have nothing special. I'm just a girl. I know. But the the quadratic equation for this is <laughs> my bitch, you fucking These are know Cartesian math. coordinates. Right. Like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> a lot but I feel like if we like I like the indie feel of this but I feel like if like we remade it today with some really great actors it would be so riveting like you wouldn't be able to take your eyes off of it like the emotional drama that could have potentially been because like the the only thing about this movie is like because their acting is so uneven, it kind of takes you out of the movie, and you're just like, yeah. "Well, I really don't care about any of these people." By the end, you're just kind of like, eh. "I didn't." I was like, "They can all die." Yeah, and I was actually hoping that's how it would end. Almost all like, of them did. Yeah, we can get uh, into yeah. that. Yeah. So, 
the first shot is just an eyeball looking around. Someone's waking up in one of the rooms of the cube. I call him bald man because we never find his find out his name. He is the one that climbs into the next room. Anderson. Oh, thank you. It's on his uh, <laughs> his prison jumpsuit. So he's trying to figure shit out, and it's so every room is a cube. Sometimes they're different colors, but they all look identical otherwise, and they all have these hatches. And my brain, because my brain is always at Disney. Like the first thing I thought was like, it's a room with no windows and no doors. Is that the Tower of Terror? On a mansion. Oh. So that was my thought, but it does have these hatches and then you open them and then it's just more QB rooms. It's like a giant ass Rubik's Cube if you were in the cube of a Rubik's Cube. Exactly that. I would feel bad for anyone who's claustrophobic. Yes. To have to like wake up and you're there and you don't know who these people are. And there's Ugh. just no way out. No, they say there's no ventilation. I'm like, how the how do these bitches be breathing then? Right. Stale air. <laughs> Hot stale air. Does Ugh. not sound comfortable to me. And you know someone farted. I okay, so just to they had to like poop in some of those cubes. You know that, right? Like they're like well, they had to use cues as like Kazan, is that how you say his name? Kazan Kazan. Kazan. He pees in the corner of one and they're all so mad. I'm like, Yeah, oh, boy has to pee. Like, what else do you want him to do? At first, I thought he was jacking off, and I'm like, well, that's inappropriate, but he's also special needs, so I could see where he's just like, I'm uncomfortable. Let me do something to make me feel better. Like Each character (laughs) was just like an exaggerated version of different, I would say, archetypes of Mm -hmm. human beings, so like obviously the eyeball anderson he goes and tries to explore goes to another cube not knowing and he gets sliced the fuck up and then mm-hmm. we're in the space and we meet quentin who is an ex-cop or is a cop yes and he is like super alpha male super aggressive and so for me it's really hard the lens like every time i watch anything i it's it's very difficult for me to like just take race out of it and mm-hmm. just say it's just a movie but I was just like I feel so torn because yay representation there's a black man he is a lead he's talking a lot but he is the angry black man he is and... the angriest of the black men and the misogyn- misogyny within him was a lot and then when we got that interaction between him and Levin no Holloway Holloway oh no that's that was that was a lot because Holloway gave me very much I mean he called out they called each other out on their Mm -hmm. shit right when they had that altercation but Holloway was definitely like the 
quintessential white feminist mm-hmm. like 100% gave those vibes like I morally am on a higher level than everyone else and I'm going to tell you what's happening what what is my existence is everyone's existence and so that was very interesting to see and then for me Levin played the like younger version still naive version of what she possibly could get to a Holloway Mm -hmm. characteristic which is you know sheltered naive highly intelligent but hasn't like learned how to like stand up for herself or anything like that but also feeling like morally more on a higher ground than others and what you call it worth literally had no worth in himself (laughs) Like he was the a slacker essentially and just like over it. He doesn't officially really step up, I would say, until he starts. Yeah, but like he in protection of Levin, essentially. I I feel like he that's when he Mm -hmm. he he doesn't really try to protect Holloway as much, but Levin he he, he is kind to Kazan, has it? Yeah, yeah. And then Kazan, his care, the the just oh, it just hurt my heart to watch the 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 rudeness, the arrogance, the oh, ableism of it yeah. all. Yeah, like the, it's the like the the that because he's supposed to be like that's a representation of autism. Like they're like they're playing it up to like eleven, right? But you know, like he's stimming. He's like right. hyperfix, like hyperfixation on numbers and patterns and stuff. But like they they like they really crank it up. And then like they made points in like and it, it brings up some good questions. I think like everything that happens in this cube brings up real questions that would possibly happen in a scenario of like as human beings because we have all these layers and levels of societal norms if we get down to basics would we still carry those with us right like they find him Kazan and they are willing to just leave him behind because Mm -hmm. they feel like he has no value like he has to add something to the group instead of just like we're human we should all like protect each other we should have built community and I think that spoke to me so much because it's so relevant to a lot of the things that we're still talking about today that do you have to do you have to contribute which I think is like the whole capitalism thought process like that you have to be worth something to be worthy of living Mm-hmm. And being able to live in a safe environment. So I just thought that was really interesting that Quentin was the voice of that, of like, we can leave him behind. And the rest of them really weren't fighting to say, yeah, let's keep him until after Holloway fought to say, let's keep him. Like that he deserves to be taken care of and and he doesn't yeah. need to add anything funny thing is that he does add value later but like ugh, that was frustrating 
Yeah, and I would have, sorry. I would have liked to almost see Holloway instead of a, having her profession be a doctor, have her like have a family member who has special needs. And so like, that's how she can connect with them and calm him down and things like that. I felt like, and I know it was just baked into the character, but like the doctor thing added to her aloofness where I think it would have made her way more relatable if she was just like someone's sister. And that's why she was there because she knew how to comfort this person who actually had the abilities that was potentially going to get them out of the cube. Plus all the things that they did to react to him Mm -hmm. in that kind of situation with someone with his, with his traits would, would have never worked. Like Mm -hmm. I can't imagine being able to tell him to be quiet and he would have been able to do it. I, yes. However, I was a special needs teacher and we had to do uh, active shooter drills and my students were so quiet because they could sense my urgency when I was like, mm-hmm. this is serious. We need to, and they were, they didn't make a peep. And I had kids that like verbally stemmed nonstop. So I, I, I think like in the right conditions and it's not applicable obviously to all special needs or people with disabilities, but it can happen. I've also seen like kindergarten teachers, they'll give their students like lollipops in order to keep them quiet Yeah, during like situations like that. So if anything ever happened, that's their strategy for keeping them quiet. That's a Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised that he didn't need to see the gumdrops when it was offered. Like I'll give you the, mm-hmm. the bag of gumdrops if you do x y and z i was surprised that he didn't like say well where the hell is that shit already you know yeah yeah because usually it's especially if it's like an aba therapy it's like okay good job here's your reward almost immediately not something that is intangible at the moment you know like it's only a concept right now it's not immediate or it's not in his view where he's like okay those gumdrops are right there so I know what you're promising me is going to happen type thing but he also like cognitively he had a lot of understanding it was the trust building before they could get more out of him yeah So I think we've run down all the characters except for Ren, right? Yeah. He's not with us very long. Uh, So he's just this old guy. Eventually everyone comes into the cube where Quentin wakes up. Um, Uh, Where Worth wakes up. Quentin Quentin comes up from the floor and like Worth is like on the floor just like unconscious and he like wakes him up. And then, like, Holloway comes from, like, a side room. And, of course, Quentin, being a cop and, like, thinking it's a intruder, almost kills her immediately. Yeah. And then... Oh, Levin. Levin. Yeah, Levin is another room. He comes Mm -hmm. and gets her. She doesn't know there's traps. He saves her. And then Ren comes in from the ceiling. And, you know, like, and then everyone is in the same room. 
Oh. Yeah, and we don't we don't meet Kazan till a little bit later. Well, everyone comes into one cube, and then they start. Ren is like some of the the rooms are booby trapped. You have to be careful. You can't just go from room to room, and they're all kind of like side eyeing him. Like, how does this old dude know this? And then he like takes off his boot and like makes his shoestrings really long, and so he's using his boot to test if there's a booby trap in the next room. And that's how they're progressing from room to room to begin with. But he did not, he knew a lot about sensors. And then that's when Quentin puts it together. Like, Hey, are you Ren the one that's escaped from six prisons? And he's like, actually it's seven. (laughs) I know a lot about escaping. So (laughs) I just think it's interesting because like whenever we've seen it in reality shows, we see it different scenarios that there's always a person that ends up either being pushing themselves to be a leader Mm -hmm. or someone that everyone in the group ends up choosing as a leader, which I just find to be very interesting. But I also wonder if that is our nature or if that is just how we've been conditioned. Mm hmm. Because it's hard to tell nowadays because we have been conditioned so much. So I just, I always find that really interesting. And I don't, but Quentin becomes a leader and I don't think it's because they choose him. But I believe that if Ren had stayed alive, that the two of them would have been kind of butting heads. And that he, Ren probably would end up being the leader because he was less violent alpha yeah. male than the Ren rest. was the only one at the beginning willing to stand up to Quentin and be mm-hmm. like hey I know some shit too and it almost is like well you're a cop and I've escaped from prison seven times so obviously it might be just <laughs> a little bit smarter than you right type thing but he did not account for acid to the face well, yeah, he didn't also he didn't expect that it wouldn't be just be sensors, but it would detect if it was actually a thing or mm-hmm. a alive person or being. And that's that's where he got in the way that his face got. I mean, it was bad. Like his face, his you could see the inside. <laughs> it was a slow burn pun intended because <laughs> <laughs> at first you're I... like oh it's just gonna take out his eyeballs and he can't see anymore but that yeah. shit kept on working and just ate his whole face off i will say i i love the the scene because right before that he gives like the most epic speech where he's just like i'm just gonna go straight if you, you need a, i only say like i only stayed with you guys because i need your boots you you slow you slow me down even a little bit. I'll cut you cut you loose. Just keep going forward forward. Don't think about anything but what's in front of you. You gotta save yourself from yourselves. That's what's important. Jumps into another room. Here's a trigger. It's like Nick and gets hit in the face with acid. It's amazing. <laughs> it's bad. That's like a real bad way to go. Oh, he's an awesome way to go. <laughs> yeah (laughs) two-thirds of us thoroughly enjoyed the acid to the face (laughs) i'm I'm a third i'm definitely those thirds it's not that i didn't like it i was just like i mean gosh 
it there feels no like that's cracking <laughs> also quinn throws people around he suplexes yeah. the doctor first thing yep he's thrown people through hatches to see if rooms are booby trap like does he have superpowers like where is he getting the super strength from right uh, he's a cop and he's been like i'm assuming he keeps in shape because he doesn't he looks kind of fit and like all these other people like the other person is an engineer probably a 20 year old college student a skinny doctor and kazan looks maybe like a buck 50 i feel like kazan if he was not mad enough yeah rage oh. out i was yeah. thinking that he would but he was like no nah, i'm gonna mind my business mm-hmm. you could tell like the area around it just uh, uh, just as it on its face was too much stimulation for him already yeah. so like yeah like he was telling he was talking about like rooms he didn't like just because of the color so like he wasn't yeah, right. gonna have enough to just attack quentin yeah and quentin was so triggered like this man has three children so i've already learned that he has no patience for his children because the moment Kazan starts to cry and get upset, rightfully so, he's like yelling at him and yelling about it's like his emotional needs had to be met before mm-hmm. everyone else's. Like, y'all better get him under control. Why, sir? Why? Mm-hmm. Like, we ain't really going nowhere. And I think you could take a breath. Like, him crying is not really hurting you, yeah. which I just, he just had toxic masculinity all around. Yeah. Uh, did there are some really choice lines that are said in this movie? One of them is when the doctor starts yelling, "Holy cats!" Holy cats! Holy, Holy cats. cats! Holy cats! <laughs> like what? What are we doing here? Are we not cursing? Are we? Uh, because we just acided the guy's face, so <laughs> this is going to get an R rating regardless. Like, right. holy cats! I think it was established that she was a bit quirky. Yeah. Like she wasn't just like a by the book doctor. She That's was a, and she then was we also conspiracy theorist kind of Which person. I yes. loved about it. Yeah. I love that about her. I love that about <laughs> us. Yes, it is the big government. Yes, yes I'm with it, you. Yes. It's it either aliens government. or big government, because I don't see anything else. I was with her. <laughs> and when these men were trying to gaslight her, tell her, oh no, no. It's he like legit what's his name worth was trying to tell her that this was some project that multiple people started and it was just like a nothing thing money got lost but worth whose money worth who started the project worth and why are we all here if it's a nothing project right you out you're lying worth you a liar and then nobody wants to talk about how quentin was paranoid as fuck mm-hmm. granted he should be but it was aggressively so uh, yeah um, it sounded like his wife was leaving him and taking his kids because of shocking shockingly his abusive nature and yeah. the fact that he liked fucking underage girls I don't know if he was actually fucking them. I meant that for emphasis, but it could have been applicable. Well, the way that he snatched up he- he- Levin in the middle of the night 
And I, I was I, like, he's giving rapey vibes. Like, mm-hmm. what is this? Tell I, me. I was, tell me he wasn't trying to go, like, you oh, want to get out of here? He was groping her. Yeah. So I'm almost me, certain he was, he was erect. That scene <laughs> where he had her from the vibe, like, you saw her face. Like, I feel as though, like, he was, because he was talking about keys and locks and you're, you're the key, the perfect key out of the lock. We all have purpose. I'm like, oh my, like, very sexually assaulted. I just very. felt like in that analogy, she should have been the lock and he should have been I the agree. key. <laughs> I know this just not that important, but my brain was like, what, what? Oh, that don't make no sense. Like, that like, <laughs> took the urgency out of it because I was like, what do you mean? That, sir. And also, like, he was like, oh, it's supposed to be two, a man and woman. I said, okay, now you're homophobic as well. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on with you, bruh. Wouldn't have layers a black and woman not, in that cube. Not in a good way. That mask started peeling. As soon as, yeah. Like, 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 after a certain, Ooh. like, there's, like, a point where it just, where he gets red, and then from there, it's just like, oh, then the mask just starts crumbling. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I wish that Dr. Holloway was a black woman because the way she would have ate that man up, okay? That ate him good. up. And she wouldn't have died either. He would have been dead immediately. <laughs> immediately. Go ahead and try to smack me up. See what happens. She would have taken her stiletto right to the jugular. She She would have trapped his bitch ass. She would have. She would have talked first. to heaven in the corner and say, "Tell this, tell this." I had to watch my mouth. Tell this man is safe. Let him go first, and there you go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like thirty minutes into the movie, she probably would have let him too. And everybody's like, "Oh, you can't go." You're too heavy. Let his ass yeah. go first. Yeah. That would have been the first way I'd have dropped his ass. And they'd Goodbye. be like, oops, you were too heavy. Sorry. The only thing that I find redeeming is that, yes, the black man is the only person of color gets killed in this movie, but he's an absolute asshole. So it's like, we want it. Mm-hmm. It's It's justified still not happy about it but and he made it almost to the end of the movie yeah i like at one point i was like oh my god is he gonna be the final guy (laughs) 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 surprised so also to note at intervals they can hear some sort of mechanical noise and sometimes feel a vibration. So they're trying to figure out what that is as well. Oh, the other words of wisdom from Ren before his face melts off is suck on your buttons. Right. (laughs) They deliver, because if you suck on it, keeps the saliva flowing. (laughs) (laughs) That's a weird way of like he he so he snatches a button off of somebody and then hands it to them says suck on it and then shows that he himself is sucking on a button and says keeps the saliva flowing and I'm never gonna forget that whole dialogue I'm never gonna forget it which is so random and yet so like what 
you're going to be just, parched somewhere and not have access, immediate access to a drink and be like, wish I had a goddamn button right now. That would have been very helpful in my highness in Chicago when I thought I was going to die from dehydration drought in my mouth. Good that to was, know. That was when Suck you on a button into Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's and I just had to <laughs> drag you around. <laughs> Shoving ravioli tea in your mouth at 1 a.m. <laughs> oh, man. But we digress. Next time we'll know. I'll make you suck. But then I'd be responsible for when you choke on the button. It would be a whole other thing. Facts. You know what, Jackie? You tied a string around the button <laughs> and yanked that shit if I try to swallow it. It's like the string and then you're pulling stuff up. So you're gonna yak. <sighs> yeah, it's not good. Not good. Oh, and then Dr. Holloway is also very concerned about her rings and her amethyst. Oh, my <laughs> amethyst! But, they took my amethyst! But they let Levin keep her glasses. Mm-hmm. So they're like... Even though they're just reading glasses. Yeah. They're like, that's suspicious. And then she's like, hey, there's these numbers as we pass through each hatch. I like math. I think these are prime numbers. Some of them are prime numbers, and those are the bad rooms. And so then she starts calculating prime numbers every room they check to see if it's clear. And so far, her theory has been correct. So they're making some movement through the rooms because Levin is has her glasses and is able to identify prime numbers. Wait, just one thing. When she solves it the first time, when she tests the theory, she like goes first, and she's just like, "Prime numbers, prime numbers, prime numbers, prime numbers." I'm like, well, "Okay, it's, okay." It seems like Levin gets less unhinged. Like at the beginning, yeah. she's just completely like, "Such I'm just bad a girl. acting." I like math. Prime numbers. My glasses are smashed, but I'll wear them anyway because I can't see the numbers. And then, like towards the end, she actually starts growing a backbone and like screaming at people and like, "Bitch, I'm gonna get us out of here. You coming or not?" Like, I just want to let you know, I'm gonna be so unhinged in the cube because <laughs> a bitch egg, you, no food. Is he peeing over there? Oh hell no! What's cool? There's no food. There's no food. I know. I thought about I that been, too. And there's no air circulating. I'm it's already hard. like people are fighting for the mic. It's bad news. <laughs> it's not working out. I was already when I was thinking it, there's no fire, so they can't eat each other. Damn. I mean you could, it'd just be sushi style. It would mm. be you'd be dead. I just imagine you (laughs) taking your clothes off because there's no air. Right. And running in a circle in the cube, like you're going to get out somehow, but just (laughs) just running in a circle and just... First of all, Jackie, when have you ever seen me run? (laughs) Well, just pacing in a circle. 
I would sit my ass in a corner and say, you know what? Y'all call me when you figure this out. (laughs) Just like when we do panic rooms together and you start taking over. I'm just like, you just let me know when you figure it out. Because I go fight nobody. (laughs) Give me a combination and I'll enter it into the lock. (laughs) Right. I'll I'll carry the I'll carry my weight, but like I'm not trying to fight over no no stupid shit. Y'all in the other room yet? Okay. Let me get up. Did you and get I would sliced just be into birthday cake? Yeah. <laughs> we good? Okay. Because there ain't no way. So let me... I did like that, like, Dr. Holloway wanted to know a reason why they were there. Why did we get chosen? Why are we here? She needed to know. And I was like, you're giving such Virgo Gemini energy right now. <laughs> she also <laughs> randomly needed to smoke. And she hadn't smoked in years. I'm like, couldn't we be like, I'm hungry? Or like... But that's how she handles her stress. For me, it would have been like, I need goldfish. Ain't nobody got pockets. (laughs) You ain't got nothing. They leave snacks in any of these rooms? (laughs) I always carry snacks. Even when I'm kidnapped, I bet you in my bra, there are going to be some snacks. There's no way. Ain't no way. Oh, my emergency ho-ho. I'm so glad I stuck it there. Yeah. (laughs) And you know know what? I'm going to start prepping. I was going to just say, remember yourself, I got to try to keep like a Ziploc bag of cashews in my boxes for now. (laughs) Just safety (laughs) pinned in there. (laughs) Just keep it like pinned in the waistband just in case. Just sew a little pocket in and just this for your snacks, you know? (laughs) We all need snack packs. How to Survive a Horror Movie (laughs) by Jackie, Sam, and Danielle. (laughs) I literally, I know people think that maybe the snacks would be the best place would be in the cups, but I actually would put it in the back, like on the strap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can fit fit a mini bottle of alcohol in between my boobs. So I do know that. So you'll be drunk (laughs) in the corner. And hotter. Yeah. (laughs) And dehydrated her. (laughs) How's that plan working out for you? We gotta live. I gotta live. I can't. I'm not getting through this cube without some sustenance of of drugs or alcohol. Okay. You can be like the the chef on the Titanic who just drank and his body temperature rose, so it kept him warm. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it's so hot and like swampy oh, in those cubes. So swampy. And I know, I know, Quentin ain't using real good deodorant too. Mm-hmm. That's gonna that would piss me off more than anything. I he bet he so thinks musty. he doesn't doesn't smell. Like uh, I don't need to use deodorant. I don't smell. Me or uh, his man musk is sexy. Oh, no, there's no way. Like that's his natural male scent is you know. I will sleep with the women before I even look at that man. Okay. <laughs> I and bet I'm not he into uses women. Axe body spray. no he's using that old spice old man like not the new hip marketing version but like the old school one (laughs) or like he's into oils and like oh what are those things called 
Oh, the little vial colognes. Yes. That they yes. sell at the, the on the tables. Yes. And, like, on, like, you, Sam, you you already knew, Sam. <laughs> you already know. You take a little too and you dab it yeah, here. He smelled like that. He smelled like one of those neo soul new new yes. age. And he's also borderline to the, the huh? Well, happiness. Hotep, you're right. When he started talking about I'm a man and the man right. and a woman he key is, in a lock, I was just like, uh-huh, okay. Pipe, yeah. Hotep pipeline right there. Yep. Okay. Like, <laughs> it's so funny because I just saw a TikTok where somebody said, white people know what hoteps are. They know what hoteps are now and they're talking about it. And I'm like, what? I don't like this. I don't like it. Me no likey. I don't already, I don't like hoteps as it is. But white people knowing about that scares the shit out of me. Because what could they do with that knowledge? And television shows. <laughs> Jackie, I I could go on for days about hoteps, but one of my favorite things <laughs> of the spectacles that you can see in New York is a corner with a bunch of like they're wearing gold. They look and like purple. Gold girl in purple. purple tunics and they're like <laughs> preaching about like bra and like how like the sun and like we as a people and like a bunch of other stuff of like you know how like evolu- like how evolution and god and like all this stuff it, it gets and it's just literally just like five six seven of them <laughs> just sitting there all in robes just yelling about it's something. hot as fuck and y'all are wearing gleaming ass gold that shit is i know you bacon i know you are and y'all <laughs> they take pro black to a whole nother i don't even know what that shit is <laughs> nah, okay it is a mystic I, I, art at that point oh lord but yes quentin is a hotep for real if he's not fully one he's on the pipeline he about to sign up when it starts, when it all starts to sweat and like everything starts to break away, you see who the people really are. Yeah. You're like in that stressful situation, he got real hope to you all of a sudden. And like, <laughs> it's a man and great. a woman and locking the key. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The, man is, the man is the head and the woman is the tail. And you know, <laughs> forward and the woman is sheep to the man. I think he said woman at one point during the movie. And I was like, this? Oh, no. They're the the scene between him and Holloway, he starts off by calling her woman. So I was just like, oh, I was like, oh, this is going to be like some grade A misogyny. I'm about to hear it. Watch. And I was not disappointed. I was just like. Oh, and like the actor, it wasn't even, it wasn't great acting. He was so overacting and his facial expressions on top of it i there were times i had to pause and i was cackling (laughs) okay sometimes i wish you would record yourself just watching some of these (laughs) movies the way you react especially if it's a movie you've never seen before (laughs) like it would have been really good for demon night if you had recorded yourself watching it it was fun because i it's really fun like you said if i've never seen it and it's an unhinged movie but it's even more fun when i watch it with my sister Mm -hmm. because 
her reactions are nothing my reactions are nothing in comparison to how she's like if she saw that she would have been cussing that man out oh Rina is small but she is mighty yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) she would have taken that man's kneecaps out for real for real so we're in a room and they've tried all the other doors except for the ceiling and so they open a ceiling and a poor man falls through and i was like he would be dead that's not a small room like they have to climb up stuff and monkey bar across right because when quentin falls through at the end he well we find out he didn't die but he had a pool of blood on his head yeah when he fell (laughs) <laughs> but this is how we're introduced to Kazan and then you immediately know he is has special needs he he just keeps repeating this room is green he's rocking he's stemming and then so Dr. Holloway takes care of him she knows how to talk to him and uh, use calming strategies and things like that but prior to that she goes into another cube and starts choking. They're like, gas, gas. And she was like, no, I swallowed my button. <laughs> <laughs> so the part of Danielle would have been played by Dr. Holiday in this situation. Or Holiday in this situation. <laughs> I don't know if I would have swallowed my damn button. I don't know what she was doing. Mm. I could sleep with a cough drop and not choke. That bitch is an amateur. I'm a terrorist. I'm fine. Danielle. <laughs> the the faces you both had. No, they were concerned faces. They were concerned. <laughs> the Lord is watching over me. I'm fine. He I don't be watching time. you all the time. He has to watch other people too. That's also why he's got his angels and his strongest soldiers watching over me he does those who do for themselves and if you do yourself in he's gonna take that so it hasn't it's not an everyday thing but sometimes when i'm real sick and i can't breathe through my nose i got to have me a cough drop then sit up and finish it before you lay down and go to sleep just know i love you both if i die because I ain't never gonna stop with my cough drops. Yeah. Okay. I feel like it's just like that's gonna be a little more. I know it's just gonna be this episode where you're just <laughs> and we're like we tried to tell her and she wouldn't listen. And then it's just and like she, she thought- says that and then it goes black to white and then it's like they just like slowly pan out and they're just like maybe at the crossroads. <laughs> oh yes, play. Make sure my mom plays that song at the okay. funeral because I just don't think it gets enough play at funerals. You know, I don't want real quiet songs. I want top top twenty pop songs. <laughs> you know, you know, I want the Diddy version of "Missing You," "Missing You," "One Sweet mm. Day." And when that happens, I do want someone, you hire someone who's doing that dance that Diddy does, like, you know? If you need someone to ride a motorcycle and then crash said motorcycle (laughs) and start this thing, that's me. I've already called dibs on, like, two different (laughs) similar ideas, so. 
Amber has requested at her funeral that someone gets up and very seriously sings I'll Make Love to You like on the <laughs> office. <laughs> they did that in the Kimmy Schmidt's show. Oh, that's what it was. Yes. Yeah. And then they're and then halfway through, oh wait, this is the wrong voice to men's. <laughs> Unbreakable Shayla, this is just a reminder that when and if I die first, you know what to do. Oh. Amber, I know what to do if you die first. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that sound means? It's another episode of Game for a Movie where we ask, Are you game for a movie? Tell me, Andre. There's no special features on that goddamn DVD. All right. Oh, wow. For Hansel and Gretel? Hansel and Gretel. You have the DVD. Yeah. Hansel and Gretel. She basically has sex with it, somehow. Foreplay. Yes. She's she's chair foreplay. I mean, they knocked out the park, which is why it's my number three. Oh! (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't be in it because this movie doesn't have women. But, you know, it's my own thing, right? It has one? You would have three lines of dialogue. No, she has more than three. Oh, okay. So I'm actually going to get, like, I actually get, like, I earn my, my my four sentences of dialogue rather than, like, here, have a paycheck. You just stood there on the screen. You're a sexy lamp. Super boring. Oh, anyway, we're not Phoenix, too. Uh, so, no. So no. 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 Because they really hate each other, so we get to enjoy some wonderful comedic scenes of them hating each other so much that they get into physical altercations that include her biting detective, ex-detective Phillips's dick. Okay. But we don't okay. I, I know all of those words were English, but the way you <laughs> constructed yeah, them, I'm, I'm lost. Not, I'm not following the ratings <laughs> on them very well. For those who haven't rated us or liked or given us a review, don't say that we haven't given you anything of value after listening to this podcast. You now know the difference between an R-rated dick and an NC-17 X-rated dick. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to Game for a Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie? We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. So Quentin goes into a room that has been cleared. It doesn't have a prime number, but there are slicey wires that somehow he jumps out of before they close. And so he's only sliced on his arm and his leg, but he's blaming everyone but himself for this and he's like fighting the doctor and she's like calm the fuck down like i'm trying to help you and you keep moving and you got a giant gash on your leg which never slows him down afterwards never i thought for sure when they had to the the sound room with all the spikes which was next Yes, like, and he's, like, having to, like, monkey bar. I'm like, your bicep is, like, showing. Like, how are you holding yourself up? Oh, I thought he hurt his leg. He He hurt his... You're both. Yeah. Oh. He had a bandage around his bicep. I would have been dead because I already know my (laughs) upper body strength was not getting across those monkey bars. Okay. I had the same thought. I was like, (laughs) oh. I would, I would hold on as long as I could, but I don't think that's very long. <laughs> what do they do in the Hunger Games when they're dead? Or they're <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs>
that would have been it for me. <laughs> well, if we're being honest, you would have never moved from the first cube. Therefore, you, you would have had the way right. out. And you know what? You know what? Hey. <laughs> so in this red room that Kazan does not like, he he's closing his eyes, but he has to pee. This is where he's peeing. This is where Quentin and Worth get into an argument. And Quentin just starts beating the shit out of Worth. Well, at one point, I don't know if it's before this, but Quentin does get Worth to, because Worth is like, I'm not worth anything and blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then he gets him to admit that he actually worked to build the fucking exterior of this cube. And which validates his crazy thought process that he can't trust any of them mm -hmm. that they're moles they were they're here spying on them but it is real sus like why like you don't you did a project you didn't know what you were building yeah i mean he he was just like i never left my office like they literally gave me he he designed like the blueprints for the exterior of the cube and like a bunch of other people were assigned to design other parts of this thing, and he just he just didn't know who what what was it gonna build, right? So I never just... understand. Like I know everyone thinks differently. For me, I question everything. So like I'm like, well, what is this, and where does it come from, and why are we doing this, and who is it for? Like I I could see myself being like, yeah, I'm not fucking building this. What is this? So you don't get the contract. That's fine. Yeah, that's the thing. You just that's like and who guess, asked the And guess questions? who's not in the fucking cube? <laughs> she has her snacks outside the cube. <laughs> right. Thank you very much. You're out here not asking fucking questions. Could be building an, an atomic bomb, not even worrying. Crazy. So he does, they start grilling him about the cube. He does say that there is one door and you this didn't make sense you only have six guesses and then it seals so it felt like there was going to be some sort of weird combination yeah. at the door to get out but there wasn't uh plot hole um <laughs> <laughs> so he does give them the dimensions of the exterior of the cube which then oh, what's her name levin does her brainiac math and is like okay there's 17,576 rooms it's a 26 by 26 square cube because he does say that there is a gap in between the cubes and the outer shell like a sarcophagus is what he equates it to and so she approximates the gap is one cube worth is my assumption but then that's when her little brain starts going she's like wait a minute i've been looking at these numbers all wrong they're cartesian coordinates blah 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 so she calculates the air seven rooms from the edge and so they're moving through the rooms and she gets to a room where the coordinates coordinates don't make sense because it would have put them on the 27th cube and she's like, that would have been outside of the, the cube. So that doesn't make sense. But they kind of just shrug it off. They continue to move. 
this is where we get to the the room with the sound act activated spikies. And so they tell Kazan he has to be really quiet, which he's so good about doing. Like he did such yeah. a good job. And no one ever no one even told him he did a good job. No. And I would have so, laughed too at the end if Homeboy was just hanging out. Naked. I thought he did a great job. He could have killed Quentin. Yeah. yeah. They just closed the hatch and said, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Quentin is almost ah. <laughs> well, like, someone couldn't pretend to sneeze at that moment. Like, sorry, Quinn. <laughs> right. <laughs> Take him out. And then, so now Quinn is extra mad because he like swings into the hatch as all the spikies go up and he starts beating up Kazan for like making one peep. And Quinn was taking a sweet ass time. I'm like, homeboy, you should have already been through the hatch. Like, right. why are we still hanging out in this room? Right. Anyway, so then the doctor calls him a Nazi for beating mm. up. Kazan and that does not go over well with Quentin. Yes, Hoteps don't want to be called <laughs> Nazis. Yeah. Like, what did you call me? <laughs> and this is where she like calls a spade a spade. She's like, Oh, no wonder your wife left you. You have a thing for young girls. You bottle up your anger. She's just going in at him. Reading so him for filth. In his mind, he's like, she got to go. <laughs> Wait, before that, he said some of the vilest things to her. Yeah, he did. He's, I was like, oh, oh, oh. He was, he was saying some like grade A misogyny stuff. Like he was way, way, I was like, I know she's a tad bit Karenish, but I don't think she even deserves this. You are <laughs> oh. disgusting. <laughs> She didn't deserve at sentence two, and he went to like seven sentence like nine. Yeah, and she he... was trying to protect someone who had a disability. Like right. Ugh. So they get to the uh, they're Wait, in the what? cube. He yep. smacks her too. Like, oh yes, he does. He, he slaps like, the shit out of her. It he didn't even feel like a just... slap. It, it felt like a it felt like a knuckle slap. Which is a punch. <laughs> Thanks for explaining that, Danielle. Why is it like? Woo! Okay. <laughs> so now they are in the cube that should be on the outer end. So they open it and they can see the shell. They see the gap and they see the shell, but it's a cube distance away. And so they get the brilliant idea. Well, Quinn does. And like we said before, he, they should have just let him do it. He's like, we're going to tie all our clothes together and then I'm going to swing out and try and touch it. I don't know what he thought he was going to accomplish by getting close to the outer shell. But what's her name? I can't remember her name. Oh, Levin. It's like, no, I'm the lightest. I should do it. And then they're like, no, you're too valuable. And then Holloway's like, well, I'm second lightest. Let me do it. And they're like, bingo. We'll strap yeah. you up. And so and she... 
And she, I don't know where she was trying to go either. Like, what y'all doing? <laughs> Nothing. Where, where are y'all swinging to? Because clearly... There was no, like, opening or anything. Right. You're trying to, to go to another cube? I don't get it. it I would just see how far it was down, like, drop something so I can listen. And yeah. then I'm like, all right, so it's that, about that far down. Right. Math lady. Figure out math, how long that, how far down that is, and then just figure out from there. And so <sighs> while she's just swinging and jumping, rumbling starts happening. And so the cubes are shifting and it causes them to drop the rope, but Quentin catches it. And so he has Holloway by the hand, but then he was like, nah. He just, there's just this moment, right? Yeah. When she realized and he made a look like, you it was like they were talking to each other with their eyes. He's like, bitch, I don't fucking remember forget what you said to me fucking dead and she was just like <laughs> r.i.p holloway yeah and then he turns around and he's like she slipped and he <laughs> says he's a fucking dirty liar yeah the way he went to the corner and tried to pretend as if he was sad and the way he was trying to get a, one drop of something <laughs> in his eyes. Oh my God. He was so like, not convincing. No. Well, and they've been with you in this cube for hours, <laughs> maybe a day. They know you fucking hate her. <laughs> Who are you fooling, Quentin? Not us. Honestly, like if I like like the math was, he slapped her. I want to say less than ten minutes before he dropped her. Right. So like it's fresh, (laughs) like it's fresh. And he came back. He was like, she she slept. I bet he dropped. He let go of her with the same hand he backhanded her with. (laughs) He did. He did. Because it was right, and then yeah, he did. He did. Damn. The knuckle it's slap, his, Danielle. It's his strong hand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't say, give me the powder. <laughs> so now they're like, okay, we need to keep moving. Quentin goes from trying to drop one tier to like, okay, 11, figure out some numbers. Let's see what we're doing. And yeah, figure out some numbers, basically. <laughs> And she's like, I'm so tired and I just can't think. And Worth is like, yeah, man, we haven't slept for a long time. He's like, okay, okay, okay. Y'all can sleep for an hour. And so Worth says, well, how do you know how long an hour is? An hour is how long I say it is. <laughs> and that is I was right just like, uh, the sorry. one hour mark. He says that. Yeah. Oh wow! Good job. That was. I want to just say that. So I want to say it to. I want Alexa to say that to me. One day, Alexa set an alarm for an hour. An hour is how long I have watched. I was just like, all right. So we're like full on. I am the like the alpha leader, and there is no sign. There is like no room for debate what I say goes. And then we see them fall asleep. And mm-hmm. then next thing we know, this man is up and going and lifting Levin. Like, Levin, baby girl, you are not awake? Like, feeling someone carry you? 
she is like when toddlers pretend that they're like still sleepy she's just like what what's going on where am i i'm so tired what are you doing like she's just it's the worst why are you pitching a tent in your boxers sir how did he carry her from one room to another room right up the because there's like each room has like there's about like it's about every time you get there like around your chest stomach area Mm -hmm. so you would have to climb up so did he climb up with her over his shoulder open the hatch and just like slide out did he slide her through like what was is a lot and then he just started talking crazy i thought they were going to explain it that like he has lost air he's gone crazy like Mm -hmm. something but no no and thank god worth wakes up he's like somebody should just point at him and said rapist you gave him rapey <laughs> vibes right now what the fuck's going on worth is just like all right well clearly you're losing it you <laughs> we need to like separate from you give us the give us the booth and this afterwards is like my favorite freaking scene because he punches worth in the face goes over to levin Closes her eyes and whispers in her ear, you don't want the boot. And then proceeds to beat the dog shit out of Worth with a boot. Like just, like it's a cat of nine tails just beating it while she's sitting against the wall, just like her eyes are closed. Kazan is like on her shoulder, just stimming like, oh shit. (laughs) Like, like, I'm scared, you're scared. Is it cool if I just stay comforted next to you? This Why? Is like, yeah, she doesn't even try to help for it. I'm like, no. there are three of y'all. Okay, there's two of y'all. He is bleeding from the ear after that scene. Homeboy has, like, a good amount of, like, head trauma. Yeah. yeah. And it's, like, a combat boot that he is yeah. whipping at him with by the shoelace. it's it's bad but he opens up the 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 bottom cell and just throws worth down there like (sighs) just like opens up the bottom cube and just slides worth's body into the cube and he just drops the entire way down (sighs) yeah it was something a lot going on when and took a licking and kept on ticking like yeah he was beat several times like full-on boots to the chest like he was quentin was stomping on him like and then he gets beat with the boot like and he's still going he pushes work down the thing and he falls down and then he just starts laughing so i'm just like okay so what's the, what's the how far down is it is it like if you fall, it just hurts. You fall, you die. Because, like, some people fall and they're, like, knocked out. Some people fall and they're fine. Some people are, like, it's it's a concussion. I don't know, like, what the... Like, yeah. Maybe you just have to learn to land, like, Black Widow. <laughs> well, may, I think maybe the, there's there's also metal pieces on the floor so like if you hit that yeah when you fall that's gonna mess you up more than if you i feel like worth didn't hit anything on his way down or i mean on the yeah but i feel like <sighs> every time he landed he landed on one of those fucking handles 
Yeah. I don't know. It was it just was, crazy. And then Levin has like an epiphany that I don't know if this is after they get rid of Quentin or not, but she has an epiphany that that the middle of the middle cube because mm-hmm. they end up going she finds a piece of glass that sticks in her foot and realizes it's the the glass from her glasses and that they're back into the cube that she originally started in. she's like mm-hmm. what the fuck and then she realizes that those little earth earth the the movements that are happening <laughs> earthquakes that's calling it the shifts that are happening are the cube actually moving around and that there's mm-hmm. some sort of bridge that they can get to almost like an elevator situation to get to a bridge to get out. So she starts to like realize that, you know, she, they would need to do the calculations and Quentin is like badgering her about it. And she's like, look, I, this is high level. I need a computer bitch. Okay. I need a, what is it? A T one ninety whatever <laughs> calculator. To yeah, I need, some, I need a Texas instrument to do this. They right. were both like permutations, and everyone else is like, "I what? don't know what the fuck that means." Can you elaborate? <laughs> but then she's like, "I have to figure out how many permutations like two hundred fifty six has," and Kazan's like two. Oh yeah, factors. The yeah, how many different factors? factors. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, "Oh shit." We have a calculator right here. That's the reason why he's in the cube. We finally figured it out. So this is when Worth starts promising all of the gumdrops on the planet. Right. He's like, every number you give me, that's another bag of gumdrops. I'm going to buy you the entire factory if we get out of this shit. (laughs) And Kazan's like, cool. Shout numbers at me. And so now they're making really good progress getting through these rooms to try and get to that 27 room that they know is the bridge to the door to get out of the cube i forgot what happens after that well then when they go to the next cube this is their chance to take out quentin worth actually stands under the door and smashes the door under his neck and is just like pushing i thought his neck was going to pop right off his head i mean but I don't know how they really bought time because, like, I don't know if he just needed time to, like, recuperate from being choked out like that. Because I would have figured he would have been on their ass after that. And they were just real comfortable for a while. But what they end up doing, oh, just click to me what happens. They get into the next room. Quentin does barge in and he's looking for worth and he doesn't see worth in the room and he actually worth pulls him into another cube and he's hanging on and he falls to the bottom and we see blood coming out of his head um but they should have been mathing on that that so many people have fallen from the top and didn't die so i don't know what they thought was happening here and so they finally get to the the final cube to take them to the bridge when they open the door that they're like, oh shit, it's not leading to anywhere. And so Levin is like, it takes some time. It's going to move eventually and we won't have much time. So they do that. And then surprise, surprise, bitch, I'm back. <laughs> Quentin stabs Levin. I was surprised by this, that he didn't stab wow. Worth first. Oh. 
because she was closer to the door. So one, they are all bad people because you have the entrance in front of you. And that's when Worf decides to pull his nihilist bullshit again. We're just like, I have no life outside of the cube. I have nothing to live for. And they're just like, what? Just come on. The door's literally like five feet away. Let's right. just go. And she's trying to convince him. She's Her back is to the other door. And then that's where Clinton's all surprised and pale with like, because I took the iron bar off of one of the doors and used it to impale her and just toss her off all like, well, kind of like Vision got impaled in yeah. Infinity yeah. War, and we're just like, uh, it was it was bad. And then Worth, Worth, oh, <laughs> Worth is on the floor because he's been beat up and whatnot, and, and it's stabbed. And stabbed, and Kazan is the only one who actually walks. It's like this bright light, and so he walks through the bridge, and. So Quentin is trying to get through, but here comes Worth with his last bit of strength pulling on Quentin's foot to prevent him from being able to go. And then the elevator part starts to shift and move. And all you see is a smear of blood. Want to smear a little smear on your bagel? There you go. A little Quentin yes. smear. He did. And uh, Sam just I loved walks it. into the light. Yeah, <laughs> we never see what's on the other side. We don't know who's behind it. No questions are answered. You're welcome. How you do it? Um, there was an a scene shot where it shows you what's beyond the door, but the director didn't put it in. I think he said for timing, but this movie was fairly short. Yeah, I think it. It's actually really good because it is. It feels like a thinking man's movie in some mm -hmm. ways, and I think it's kind of Alfred Hitchcock of it to not answer the question, yeah, make you kind of guess, and it leaves it open that you could have a sequel. This is fair too. Yeah, this is how I have felt about a Cloverfield, which is like probably one of my top ten favorite movies of all time. Because they that. never, you never seen Cloverfield. Mm -mm. That's J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Or somebody else. That's J.J. Okay. Sorry. No, haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, they never explain the giant monster. You just, it's, and I feel like that's more realistic. You're just in New York and a giant monster attacks. And it's like, holy crap. You won't get it. No scientist. You're not just going to run into a scientist who happens to be studying the giant monster for like 20 years and is like, well, here is the reason why the monster. Like, no, right. you're, just, you're just literally running for your lives. The giant monster. Yeah. No, I think it, it makes sense. Let's see if there's any fun facts that we missed. Well, that is cube. <laughs> that is cube. <laughs> the director, Vincenzo, he actually went to high school with actor David Hewlett, who is plays Worth. Mm -hmm. So that's how he got the job. And then Worth, David Hewlett, who played Worth, recommended that they cast Andrew Miller as Kazan. So, because they had worked together on a play. So, and all the actors who appeared on this, in this movie were on a TV series called Forever Night, which I believe is a Canadian show. So that's a fun little tie. Oh, cool. And the red rooms contain the most dialogue heavy <clears throat> scenes in the film, including Worth's big, there is no conspiracy speech to Holloway. 
I do find it very interesting that all the characters are named after famous prisons, mm-hmm. with Kazan being a famous prison, uh, a mental institute. Then you have Worth, which is the Leavenworth prison in the United States. The Kazan prison is in Russia. Then you have San Quentin, which is in the United States. You have Leavenworth, which is in also in the United States. Well, Leaven and Worth make up one prison. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. I said Leavenworth twice. Then you have Holloway Women's Prison, which is in the UK. Then let's see what this is. Centre, some, some, some de Rennes in France. And then is it Alderson? federal prison in the u.s not surprised <laughs> i actually really don't know where my glasses are okay <laughs> don't start but i i really don't know where they are right now <laughs> also i'm not surprised that like a majority of these prisons are in the united states because we have the most prisons in the whole world oh yeah big business prisons. so the majority of this film was shot with a handheld camera you can tell and the handles and all the hatches are industrial die holders used for cutting threads on rods and are available in any hardware shop. Ken did not watch this with me because I watched it during the day today, but I want to just show him a hatch and just be like, hey, do you recognize anything? And see if he can identify what the handles are made of. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, originally all the characters were chartered to, they were supposed to be accountants in the first draft but they changed it which i, like I mean they all would have been good with numbers yeah if they were accountants i don't know how advanced accounting numbers get to but very interesting so that's all the fun facts but before we get into our ratings sam why don't you tell everybody where they can find your podcast and listen and to engage with you on social Oh, so you can find my podcast wherever you usually find podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Apple, Overcast, Google Music, all of that stuff. I have a YouTube channel, which I update semi-regularly. I have a TikTok that I update way more regular than that. I have a Twitter. I have a Facebook. And if you're watching this visually, it's on the screen. Just look for 4 Minutes 2. That's the name of the podcast. Definitely worth a listen getting all of your geek news in four minutes or less or or exactly four minutes (laughs) (laughs) and definitely check it out and you guys can always follow us at no more late fees on tiktok twitter instagram threads youtube facebook all of it i'll start with you sam what is your present day rating of this movie two day rental okay I am going to say the same today. Wasn't like horrible, but I don't think I'll rewatch it again. But I, it does make me intrigued to see what the sequel is about. Yeah, I am t- as well. So I do own this only because it was like four ninety nine on iTunes one time, and I was just <laughs> like, oh well. If I ever want to watch this again, it's worth five bucks. But I'm going to go five-day rental. I think the premise is really cool. I think 
a remake would actually be pretty badass. Like special effects heightened, like booby trap, like more intricate thought yeah. out booby traps and stuff. I could see this being like a really cool, almost it, it's it. When I watched the movie Escape Room, it felt like this, right? Which I really love all of those horror movies where you you have to think about how you're getting out and not just like balls out try and bust your way right so. I, I like fighting my way through personally <laughs> ain't nobody trying to die and think at the same time it's too stressful it's too stressful i need to violently hurt things as i try to live <laughs> But if it does come down to math, I'm dying because I math and like sense of direction, like I can't, I'm not good at either one of those things. I, I did up to calculus and I, I don't remember that shit anymore. I, I, I would also die in the room. I, I would lean heavily on a 11 and hopefully hopefully hope that she figures it all out soon enough before i die but yeah i'm not uh, if, I'm, if not i'm just gonna stay at the same room i will be positive and a great motivator to <laughs> any math if it was levin i'm all about like rubbing her shoulders if levin was a man i would flash them if they need some motivation <laughs> like i'm doing whatever is needed and whatever skills i have available and plus i've got snacks so raw snacks <laughs> bra snacks come and get them this episode was brought to you by bra snaps i heard now a commercial available. in my head I heard it. <laughs> now available at your local cvs and walgreens <laughs> well if you have opinions about cube or bra snacks hit us up at our quick drop 909601nmlf you can twat us at the Twitters, hem us at the threads, or leave a message on our Spotify for Podcasters account, and you can be featured on a future episode. And we're a little late, very late, and we apologize for this, but we have to wish a very happy birthday to our wonderful Patreon member, Shayla. Thank you for all that you do for this podcast. We love you to death. Thank you so much. We do love you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Join us next week as we dive into the world of killer clowns, I think, because I've never seen it, with Killjoy. There's clowns on the cover box. That's all I know. Yeah. And they got pointy teeth. I'm so scared. Uh, yikes. Well, Sam, thank you for choosing Cube, even though it was the wrong movie. I enjoyed the rewatch. And thank you, as always, for joining us. We absolutely love when you are a guest on the pod and we can't wait to have you back next time yeah thank you. i enjoyed it here too <laughs> and as always be kind and rewind awesome <laughs> <laughs>